This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andy Minter. The Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. Edited by D. Lang Purvis. This reading is based on the book The Canterbury Tales and Other Poems. The original text contains poems by Chaucer and a lot of notes and explanations by the editor. To view these, please click on the Gutenberg text link on the LibriVox catalogue page of the Canterbury Tales. The Monk's Tale The Prologue When ended was my tale of Melibe, and of prudence and of her benignity, our host said, as I am faithful man, and by the precious corpus madrian, I had liever than a barrel of ale, like good leaf my wife had heard this tale. For she is no thing of such patience as was this Melibus's wife prudence. By God's bones, when I beat my knave, she bringeth me the great club staves, and crieth, Slay the dogs every one, and break them both back and every bone, and if that any neighbour of mine will not in church unto my wife incline, or be so hardy to her to trespass, when she comes home she rampeth in my face, and crieth, False coward, wreak thy wife by corpus domini, I will have thy knife, and thou shalt have my distaff, and go spin. From day till night, right thus will she begin. Alas, she saith, that I was ever shaped, to wed a milksop or a coward ape, that will be overlaid with every white. Thou dost not stand by thy wife's right. This is my life, but if that I will fight, and out at door anon I must me die it, or else I am lost. But if that I be like a wild lion, foolhardy, I wot well she will do me slay some day some neighbour, and then go my way. For I am perilous with knife in hand, albeit that I dare not her withstand, for she is big in arms by my faith. That shall he find that her misdoeth or saith. But let us pass away from this matter, my lord the monk, quoth he, be merry of cheer, for ye shall tell us a tale truly. Lo, Rochester stands here fast by. Ride forth, mine own lord, break not our game. But by my troth I cannot tell your name. Whether shall I call you, my lord, Dan John, or Dan Thomas, or else Dan Albon? Of what house be ye, by your father's kin? I vow to God thou hast a full fair skin. It is a gentle pasture where thou goest. Thou art not like a pennant or a ghost. Upon my faith thou art some officer, some worthy sexton, or some cellarer. For by my father's soul, as to my dome, thou art a master when thou art at home. No poor cloisterer, nor no novice, but a governor, both wily and wise, and therewithal of brawns and of bones, a right well-faring person for the nonce. I pray to God give him confusion, that first thee brought into religion. Thou wouldst have been a treadfowl aright. Hadst thou as great leave as thou hast might to perform all thy lust in engenderer, thou hadst begotten many a creature. Alas, why wearest thou so wide a cope? God give me sorrow, but, and I were pope, not only thou, but every mighty man, though he were shorn full high upon his pan, should have a wife. For all this world is lawn. Religion hath ta'en up all the corn of treading, and we borrow men be shrimps. 
of feeble trees there come wretched imps that maketh that our heirs be so slender and feeble that they may not well engender this maketh that our wives will assay religious folk for that they may better pay of venus's payments than may we god what no lushbergs pay ye but be not wroth my lord though that i play full oft in game a sooth have i heard say this worthy monk took all in patience, and said, I will do all my diligence, as far as soundeth unto honesty, to tell you a tale, or two, or three, and if you list to hearken hitherward, I will you say the life of St. Edward, or else first tragedies I will tell, of which I have an hundred in my cell. Tragedy is to say a certain story, as old books make in us memory, of him that stood in great prosperity, and is a fallen out of high degree in misery, and endeth wretchedly. And they be versified commonly of six feet, which men call hexametron. In prose eke be indicted many a one, and eke in metre in many a sundry wise. Lo, this declaring ought enough suffice. Now hearken, if ye like for to hear, but first I you beseech in this matter, Though I by order tell not these things, be it of popes, emperors, or kings, after their ages as men written find, but tell them some before and some behind, as now it cometh to my remembrance, have me excused of mine ignorance. THE TALE I will bewail in manner of tragedy the harm of them that stood in high degree, and fell so that there was no remedy to bring them out of their adversity. For certain, when that fortune list to flee, there may no man the course of her wheel hold. Let no man trust in blind prosperity. Beware by these examples, true and old. At Lucifer, though he an angel were and not a man, at him I will begin. For though fortune may no angel dear, From high degree yet fell he for his sin Down into hell, whereas he yet is in. O Lucifer, brightest of angels all, Now art thou, Satanus, that mayst not twin Out of the misery in which thou art fall. Lo, Adam, in the field of Damascene, With God's own finger wrought was he, and not begotten of man's sperm unclean, and welt all paradise, saving one tree. Had never worldly man so high degree as Adam, till he for misgovernance was driven out of his prosperity to labour and to hell and to mischance. Lo, Samson, which that was enunciate by the angel long ere his nativity, and was to God Almighty consecrate, and stood in noblesse, while that he might see, was never such another as was he to speak of strength and thereto hardiness, but to his wives told he his secret, through which he slew himself for wretchedness. Samson, this noble and mighty champion, without weapon save his hands tway, he slew, and all to rent the lion, towards his wedding walking by the way. His false wife could him so please and pray, Till she his counsel knew, and she untrue, Unto his foes his counsel gan bewray, And him forsook, and took another new. 
Three hundred foxes Samson took for ire, and all their tails he together banned, and set the foxes' tails all on fire, for he in every tail had knit a brand. And they burnt all the combs of that lend, and all their olives and vines eke. A thousand men he slew eke with his hand, and had no weapon but an ass's cheek. When they were slain, so thirsted him, that he was well nigh lorn, for which he gan to pray that God would on his pain have some pity, and send him drink, or else must he die. And of this ass's chick that was so dry, out of a wang-tooth sprang anon a well, of which he drank enough, shortly to say, thus helped him God, as Judicum can tell. By very force at Gaza on a night morgued the Philistines of that city, the gates of the town he hath up plight, and on his back a carried them hath he, high on a hill, where as men might them see. O noble mighty Samson, leaf and dear, hadst thou not told to women thy secret, in all this world there had not been thy peer. This Samson never cider drank, nor wine, nor on his head came razor none, nor sheer, by precept of the messenger divine for all his strengths in his hairs were, and fully twenty winters, year by year, he had of Israel the governance. But soon shall he weep many a tear, for women shall him bring to mischance. Unto his leman Delilah he told, that in his hairs all his strength lay, and falsely to his foeman she him sold, and sleeping in her balm upon a day, she made to clip or shear his hair away and made his foemen all his craft espion, and when they found him in this array, they bound him fast, and put out both his iron. But ere his hair was clipped or a shave, there was no bond with which men might him bind. But now is he in prison in a cave, whereas they made him at the quern grind. O noble Samson, strongest of mankind! O Willem Judge, in glory and richesse, now mayst thou weep with thine iron blind, since thou from weal art fallen to wretchedness. Then to this caitiff was, as I shall say, his foeman made a feast upon a day, and made him as their fool before them play, and this was in a temple of great array. But at the last he made a foul affray, for he two pillars shook and made them fall, and down fell temple and all, and there it lay, and slew himself and eke his foemen all. This is to say, the princes, every one, and eke three thousand bodies were there slain, with falling off the great temple of stone. Of Samson now will I no more sane. Beware by this example, old and plain, that no man tell his counsel to his wife of such thing as he would have secret fain, if that it touch his limbs or his life. Of Hercules, the sovereign conqueror, sing his works, land, and high renown, for in his time of strength he bare the flower, he slew and reft the skin of the lion, he of the centres laid the boaster down, he harpies slew, the cruel birds fell, he golden apples reft from the dragon. He drew out Cerberus, the hound of hell. He slew the cruel tyrant Bucyrus, 
and made his horse to fret him flesh and bone. He slew the fiery serpent venomous, of Aeschylus's two horns brake he one, and he slew Cassus in a cave of stone. He slew the giant Antaeus the strong, he slew the grisly boar, and that anon, and bare the heaven upon his neck long. Was never white since that the world began that slew so many monsters as did he? Throughout the wide world his name ran, what for his strength and for his high bounty, and every realm went he for to see. He was so strong that no man might him let, at both the world's end, as saith Trophy, instead of bounds, he a pillar set. A leman had this noble champion, that heighty Dianera, fresh as May, and as these clerks make mention, she hath him sent a shirt, fresh and gay. Alas, this shirt, alas, and well away, envenomed was subtly withal, that ere he had worn it half a day, it made his flesh all from his bones fall. But natheless some clerks her excuse, by one that heighty Nessus, that it maked. Be as he may, I will not her accuse, but on his back this shirt he wore all naked, till that his flesh was for the venom blaked. And when he saw none other remedy, in hot coals he hath himself raked, for with no venom deigned he to die. Thus sturf this worthy mighty Hercules. Lo, who may trust on fortune any throw? For him that followeth all this world of press, ere he beware, is often laid full low. Full wise is he that can himself know. Beware, for when that fortune list to glows, Then waiteth she her man to overthrow By such a way as he would least suppose. The mighty throne, the precious treasure, The glorious sceptre and royal majesty, That had the king, Nebuchadnezzar, With tongue uneath may describe it be, he twice won Jerusalem the city, The vessels of the temple he with him lad. At Babylon was his sovereign sea, In which his glory and delight he had. The fairest children of the blood royal of Israel He did do geld anon, And maked each of them to be his thrall. Amongst others Daniel was one, That was the wisest child of every one, For he the dreams of the king expounded, Wherein Chaldea clerks was there none That wist to what fine his dreams sounded. This proud king let make a statue of gold, Sixty cubits long and seven in breadth, To which image hath young and old Commanded he to lout and have in dread, Or in a furnace full of flames red He should be burnt that would not obey. But never would assent to that deed Daniel, Nor his young fellows tway. This king of kings proud was and elate. He weened that God, that sits in majesty, Might him not bereave of his estate. But suddenly he lost his dignity, And like a beast he seemed for to be, And ate hay as an ox, and lay thereout in rain, With wild beasts walked he, Till certain time was a come about. And like an eagle's feathers waxed his hair, his nails like a bird's claws were, Till God released him at certain years, And gave him wit, And then with many a tear he thanked God, 
and ever his life in fear was he to do amiss, or more trespass. Until that time he laid was on his bier, he knew that God was full of might and grace. His son, which that heighty Balthazar, that held the rein after his father's day, he by his father could not beware, for proud he was of heart and of array, and eke an idolaster was he aye. His high estate assured him in pride, but fortune cast him down, and there he lay, and suddenly his reign gan divide. A feast he made unto his lords all upon a time, and made them blithe be, and then his officers gan he call. Go bring forth the vessels, said he, which that my father in his prosperity out of the temple of Jerusalem reft, and to our high gods thanks we, of honour that our elders with us left. His wife, his lords, and his concubines I drank, while their appetites did last, out of these noble vessels, sundry wines, and on a wall this king his iron cast, and saw an hand armless that wrote full fast, for fear of which he quaked and sighed sore. This hand that Balthazar so saw, aghast, wrote Mane Tekel Fares, and no more. In all that land magician was there none that could expound what this letter meant, but Daniel expounded it anon, and said, O king, God to thy father lent glory and honour, reign, treasure, rent, and he was proud, and nothing God he dread, and therefore God great wretche on him sent, and him bereft the reign that he had. He was cast out of man's company, with asses was his habitation, and ate hay as a beast in wet and dry till that he knew by grace and by reason that God of heaven hath domination o'er every reign and every creature, and then had God of him compassion, and him restored his reign and his figure. Ache thou that art his son, art proud also, and knowest all these things verily, and art rebel to God, and art his foe. Thou drankst of his vessels boldly, thy wife eke and thy wenches sinfully drank of the same vessel's sundry wines, and herried false gods cursedly. Therefore to thee a shapen full great pine is. This hand was sent from God, that on the wall wrote Mane Tekel Fares. Trust me, thy reign is done, thou weighest naught at all. Divided is thy reign, and it shall be to Medes and to Persians given, quoth he. And ilk same night the king was slaw, and Darius occupied his degree, though he thereto had neither right nor law. Lording's example hereby may ye take, how that in lordship is no sickness, for when that fortune will a man forsake, she bears away his reign and his riches, and ache his friends both more and less. For what man that hath friends through fortune? Mishap will make them enemies, I guess. This proverb is full sooth and full commune. Zenobia, of Palmary the Queen, As right Persians of her noblesse, So worthy was in arms and so keen, 
that no wight passed her in hardiness, nor in lineage, nor other gentleness. Of the king's blood of purses she descended. I say not that she had most fairness, but of her shape she might not be amended. From her childhood I find that she fled office of woman, and to woods she went, and many a wild heart's blood she shed, with arrows broad that she against them sent. She was so swift that she anon them hent, and when she was older she would kill lions, leopards, and bears, all to rent, and in her arms wield them at her will. She durst the wild beast's dens seek, and runnin' in the mountains all the night, and sleep under a bush, and she could eke wrestle by very force and very might with any young man, where he ne'er so white. There might nothing in her arms stand, she kept her maidenhood from every white, to no man deigned she for to be bond. But at the last her friends have her married to Odenate, a prince of that country. All were it so, that she them long tarried, and ye shall understand how, that he had such fantasies, as had she. But natheless, when they were knit in fear, they lived in joy and in felicity, for each of them had other leaf and dear. Save one thing, that she never would assent, by no way, that he should by her lie but once, for it was her plain intent to have a child the world to multiply, and all so soon as that she might espy that she was not with child by that deed, then would she suffer him do his fantasy eft soon, and not but once out of dread. And if she were with child at thilt cast, no more should he play thilt game till fully forty days were past, then would she once suffer him to do the same. All were this Odenatus wild or tame, he got no more of her, for thus she said, It was to wives lechery and shame in other case, if that men with them played. Two sons by this Odenate had she, the which she kept in virtue and lettreur. But now unto our tale turn we. I say, so worshipful a creature, and wise therewith, and large with measure, so penible in the war, and courteous eke, no more labour might in war endure, was none, though all this world men should seek. Her rich array it might not be told, as well in vessel as in her clothing. She was all clad in pieri, and in gold, and each she left not, for no hunting, to have of sundry tongues full knowing, when that she leisure had, and Fought intent to learn books was all her liking, how she in virtue might her life dispend. And shortly of this story for to treat, so doughty was her husband and eke she, that they conquered many reigns great i' the Orient, with many a fair city appurtenant unto the majesty of Rome, and with strong hand held them fast, nor ever might their foemen do them flee, aye, while that Odenatus' days last. Her battles, whoso list them for to read, against Sapor the king, and other mo, and how that all this process fell indeed, why she conquered, and what title thereto, and after of her mischief and her woe, how that she was besieged and attake, let him unto my master Petrarch go, that writes enough of this I undertake. When Odenate was dead, she mightily the reign held, 
and with her proper hand against her foes she fought so cruelly, that there nas king nor prince in all that land, that was not glad, if be that grace fand, that she would not upon his land bore. With her they made an alliance by bond, to be in peace, and let her ride and play. The emperor of Rome, Claudius, nor before him the Roman Gallian, durst never be so courageous, nor no Armenian, nor Egyptian, nor Syrian, nor no Arabian, within the field durst with her fight, lest that she would them with her hands slain, or with her mien put them to flight. In king's habit went her sons too, as heirs of their father's reigns all, and Herimano and Timoleo their names were, as Persians them call. But a fortune hath in her honey gall. This mighty queen may no while endure, Fortune out of her reign made her fall, To wretchedness and to misadventure. Aurelian, when that the governance of Rome Came into his hands tway, He shope upon this queen to do vengeance, And with his legions he took his way Towards Zenobi, and, shortly for to say, He made her flee, and at the last her hent, And fettered her, and eke her children tway, And won the land, and home to Rome he went. Amongst other things that he won, Her car that was with gold wrought and peery, This great Roman, this Aurelian, Hath with him led, for that men should it see, Before in his triumph walked she, With gilt chains upon her neck hanging, Crowned she was, as after her degree, And full of peery her clothing. Alas, fortune, she that Willem was dreadful to kings and to emperors, Now galleth all the people on her, alas, And she that helmed was in stark stowers, And won by force towns strong and towers, Shall on her head now wear a vitremite, And she that bare the sceptre full of flowers, Shall bear a distaff, her cost for to quite. Although that Nero were so vicious as any fiend that lies full lower down, yet he, as telleth us Suetonius, this wide world had in subjection, both east and west, south and septentrion, of rubies, sapphires, and of pearls white were all his clothes embroidered up and down, for he in gems greatly gan delight. More delicate, more pompous of array, more proud was never emperor than he. That ilk cloth that he had worn one day, After that time he would it never see. Nets of gold thread had he great plenty To fish in Tiber, when him list to play. His lusts were as law in his degree, For fortune, as his friend, would him obey. He Rome burnt for his delicacy, The senators he slew upon a day, To hear how that men would weep and cry and slew his brother, and by his sister lay. His mother made he in piteous array, for he her womb-slit, to behold where he conceived was, so well away that he so little of his mother told. No tear out of his iron for that sight came, but he said a fair woman was she. Great wonder is how that he could or might be doomsman of her dead beauty. 
The wine to bring him commanded he, and drank anon, none other woe he made. When might is joined unto cruelty, alas, too deep will the venom wade. In youth a master had this emperor, to teach him letterer and courtesy, for of morality he was the flower, as in his time, but if books lie. And while this master had of him mastery, he made him so cunning and so supple, that long time it was ere tyranny, or any vice durst in him uncouple. This Seneca, of which that I devise, because Nero had of him such dread, for he from vices would him I chastise discreetly, as by word and not by deed. Sir, he would say, an emperor must need be virtuous and hate tyranny, for which he made him in a bath to bleed on both his arms till he must die. This Nero had ache of accustomance in youth against his master for to rise, which afterward he thought a great grievance. Therefore he made him die and in this wise. But natheless this Seneca the wise chose in a bath to die in this manner, rather than have another torment eyes, and thus hath Nero slain his master dear. Now fell it so that fortune list no longer the high pride of Nero to cherish, for though he were strong, yet was she the stronger. She thought thus, By God, I am too nice to set a man that is fulfilled of vice, in high degree an emperor him call. By God, out of his seat I will him trice, when he least weaneth, soonest shall he fall. The people rose upon him on a night for his default, and when he it espies, out of his doors anon he hath him dight alone, and where he weaned to have been allied, he knocked fast, and I the more he cried, the faster shut they their doors all. Then wist he well he had himself misguide, and went his way, no longer durst he call. The people cried and rumbled up and down, that with his ears heard he how they said, Where is this false tyrant, this Neron? For fear almost out his wit he brayed, and to his gods piteously he prayed for succour, but it might not betide. For dread of this he thought that died, and ran into a garden him to hide. And in this garden found he churls tway, that sat by a fire great and red, and to these churls too he gan to pray, to slay him, and to guerdon off his head, that to his body, when that he were dead, were no despite done for his defame. Himself he slew, he could no better read, of which fortune laughed, and had game. Was never captain under a king, that reigns more put in subjection, nor stronger was in field of all thing, as in his time, nor greater of renown, no more pompous in high presumption, than hollow Fernes, whom Fortune kissed so lycrously, and led him up and down, till that his head was off, ere that he wist. Not only that this world had of him awe, for losing of riches and liberty, but he made every man renie his law. Nebuchadnezzar was God, said he, none other god should honoured be against his hest there dare no white trespass save in betulia a strong city where eliakim priest was of that place but take keep of the death of hollow fern 
Amid his host he drunken lay at night within his tent, large as is a burn. And yet, for all his pomp and all his might, Judith, a woman, as he lay upright sleeping, his head off smote, and from his tent full privily she stole from every white, and with his head unto her town she went. What needeth it of King Antiochus to tell his high and royal majesty, his great pride, and his works venomous? For such another was there none as he. Read what that he was in Maccabee, and read the proud words that he said, and why he fell from his prosperity, and in an hill how wretchedly he died. Fortune him had enhanced so in pride, that verily he weened he might attain unto the stars upon every side, and in a balance weigh on each mountain, and all the floods of the sea restrain. And God's people had he most in hate, them would he slay in torment and in pain, weening that God might not his pride abate. And for that Nicanor and Timothy with Jews were vanquished mightily, unto the Jews such an hate had he, that he bade grace his car full hastily, and swore, and said full disputatiously, Unto Jerusalem he would eft soon, to wreak his ire on it full cruelly, but of his purpose was he let full soon. God for his menace him so sore smote, with invisible wound incurable, that in his guts calf it so and boat, till that his pains were importable. And certainly the wretched was reasonable, for many a man's guts did he pain, but from his purpose cursed and damnable, for all his smart he would not him restrain, but bade anon apparel his host. And suddenly, ere he was of it where, God daunted all his pride and all his boast, for he so sore fell out of his chair, that it was his limbs and his skin to tear, so that he neither might go nor ride, but in a chair men about him bear, all four bruised both back and side. The wretched of God him smote so cruelly, that through his body wicked worms crept, and therewithal he stank so horribly, that none of all his men that him kept, whether so that he woke or else slept, he might not of him the stink endure. In this mischief he wailed and ache wept, and knew God Lord of every creature. To all his host, and to himself also, full lutsome was the stink of his carain. No man might him bear to and fro, and in this stink and this horrible pain he starve full wretchedly in a mountain. Thus hath this robber, and this homicide, that many a man made to weep and plain, such guerdon as belongeth unto pride. The story of Alexander is so common, that every wight that hath discretion hath heard somewhat or all of his fortune. This wide world, as in conclusion, he won by strength, or, for his high renown, they were glad for peace to him to send. The pride and boast of man he laid adown, where so he came unto the world's end. Comparison yet never might be made between him and another conqueror, 
for all this world for dread of him had quaked he was of knighthood and of freedom flower fortune him made the heir of her honour save wine and women nothing might assuage his high intent in arms and labour so was he full of leonine courage what praise were it to him though i you told of darius and a hundred thousand mo of kings princes dukes and earls bold which he conquered and brought them into woe i say as far as man may ride or go the world was his why should i more devise for though i wrote or told you ever mo of his knighthood it might not suffice twelve years he reigned as saith maccabee philip's son of macedon he was that first was king in greece the country o worthy gentle alexander alas that ever should thee fall such a case empoisoned of thine own folk thou were thy six fortune hath turned into an ace and yet for thee she wept never a tear who shall give me tears to complain the death of gentleness and of franchise that all this world had in his domain and yet he thought it might not suffice so full was his courage of high emprise alas who shall me help to indite false fortune and poison to despise the which too of all this woe i wite by wisdom manhood and by great labour from humbleness to royal majesty up rose he julius the conqueror that won all l'occident by land and sea by strength of hand or else by treaty and unto rome made them tributary and since of rome the emperor was he till that fortune waxed his adversary o mighty caesar that in thessaly against pompeius father thine in-law that of the orient had all the chivalry as far as that the day begins to door that through thy knighthood hast them take and slaw save few folk that with pompeius fled through which thou put all the orient in awe thank fortune that so well thee sped but now a little while i will bewail this pompeius this noble governor of rome which that fled at this battle i say one of his men a false traitor his head off smote to win him favour of julius and him the head he brought alas pompey of the orient conqueror that fortune unto such a find thee brought to rome again repaired julius with his triumph laureate full high but on a time brutus and cassius that ever had of his estate envy full privily have made conspiracy against this julius in subtle wise and cast the place in which he should die with bodkins as i shall you devise this julius to the capitol went upon a day as he was wont to gone and in the capitol anon him hent this false brutus and his other phone and sticked him with bodkins anon with many a wound and thus they let him die but never groaned he at no stroke but one or else at two but if the story lie so manly was this julius of heart and so well loved is stately honesty that though his deadly wounds sore smart his mantle o'er his hips cast he that no man should see his privity and as he lay a-dying in a trance and wist verily that dead was he 
of honesty yet had he remembrance luke and to thee this story i recommend and to sweaten and valerie also that of this story write word and end how that to these great conquerors too fortune was first a friend and since a foe no man trust upon her favour long but have her in await for evermore witness on all these conquerors strong the rich croesus willem king of lyde of which croesus cyrus him saw dread yet was he caught amidst all his pride and to be burnt men to the fire him led but such a rain down from the welkin shed that slew the fire and made him to escape but to beware no grace yet he had till fortune on the gallows made him gape when he escaped was he could not stint for to begin a new war again he weened well for that fortune him sent such hat that he escaped through the rain that of his foes he might not be slain and eke a swaven on a knight he met of which he was so proud and eke so fain that he in vengeance all his heart set upon a tree he was set as he thought where jupiter him washed both back and side and phoebus eke a fair towel him brought to dry him with and therefore waxed his pride and to his daughter that stood him beside which he knew in high science to abound he bade her tell him what it signified and she his dream began right thus expound the tree quoth she the gallows is to mean and jupiter betokens snow and rain and phoebus with his towel clear and clean these be the sun's streams sooth to sain thou shalt a hangeth be father certain rain shall thee wash and sun shall thee dry thus warned him full plat and eke full plain his daughter which that called was fenny and hanged was croesus the proud king his royal throne might not him avail tragedy is none other manner thing nor can in singing cryan nor bewail but for that fortune all day will assail with unaware stroke the reins that be proud for when men trust her then will she fail and cover her bright face with a cloud o noble o worthy pedro glory of spain whom fortune held so high in majesty well ought men thy piteous death complain out of thy land thy brother made thee flee and after at a siege by subtlety thou wert betrayed and led into his tent whereas he with his own hand slew thee succeeding in thy reign and in thy rent the field of snow with eagle of black therein caught with the lion red-coloured as the gleed he brewed this cursedness and all this sin the wicked nest was worker of the deed not charles olivia that took high heed of truth and honour but of armoric ganillion oliver corrupt for mead brought this worthy king in such a brike o worthy petro king of cyprus also that alexander won by high mastery full many a heathen wroughtest thou full woe of which thine own lieges had envy and for no thing but for thy chivalry they in thy bed have slain thee by the morrow 
Thus can fortune her wheel govern and gee, And out of joy bring men into sorrow. Of Milan, great Bernabo, Viscount, God of delight and scourge of Lombardy, Why should I not thine clomben were so high, Thy brother's son, that was thy double ally, For he thy nephew was, and son-in-law, Within his prison made thee to die. But why, nor how, note I that thou wert law. Of the Hugolin of Pease, the languor there may no tongue tell for pity. But little out of Pisa stands a tower, in which tower in prison put was he. And with him be his little children three. The eldest scarcely five years was of age. Alas, fortune, it was great cruelty. Such birds for to put in such a cage. Damned was he to die in that prison, For Roger, which that bishop was of Pease, Had on him made a false suggestion, Through which the people gan upon him rise, And put him in prison, in such a wise as ye have heard, And meat and drink he had so small, That well unneth it might suffice. And therewithal it was full poor and bad, and on a day befell that in that hour when his meat want was to be brought, the jailer shut the doors of the tower. He heard it right well, but he spake naught, and in his heart anon there fell a thought that they for hunger would do him dien. Alas, quoth he, alas, that I was wrought. Therewith the tears fell from his iron. His youngest son, that three years was of age, unto him said, Father, why do ye weep? When will the jailer bring an our pottage? Is there no morsel bread that ye do keep? I am so hungry that I may not sleep, nor would God that I might sleep an ever. Then should not hunger in my womb creep. There is no thing save bread that one will ever. Thus day by day this child began to cry, till in his father's balm adown he lay. And said, Farewell, father, I must die, And kissed his father, and died the same day. And when the woeful father did it say, For woe his arms too he gan to bite, And said, Alas, fortune, and well away, To thy false wheel my woe all may I white. His children weened that it for hunger was That he his arms gnawed, and not for woe, and said, Father, do not so, alas, but rather eat the flesh upon us too. Our flesh thou gave us, our flesh take us fro, and eat enough. Right thus they to him said, and after that within a day or two they laid him in his lap adown and died. Himself, despaired, ache for hunger staff. Thus ended is this Earl of Pease. From high estate fortune away him calf. Of this tragedy it ought enough suffice. Whoso will hear it in a longer wise, Read the great poet of Italy, that Dante height, For he can it devise from point to point, Not one word will he fail. End of the Monk's Tale